Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Cren, Sheila Highland, episode 18. Is it 18? Is yeah. It? It that is. sounds like a lot it of is. episodes. I don't know why I remember that. I don't know why I ask every <laughs> right. week. We're getting there. <laughs> every, we're getting there. We are. And every week we have to remind ourselves how long we've been here. In 18. This we is 17, 18. Okay, yeah. This yes. is a great 18th, though. It ice is. Cream. We're at Clavon's, this unbelievable classic ice cream parlor in the Strip District. This is your hometown. This is my hometown. This was my uh, stop on the way. I grew up on 12th Street, but I'd walk up here to play Little League in Polish Hill, and this was my uh, my stop on the way to the games where I'd have a Sunday, or you know, some sort of milkshake or malt, and then I'd go to the game, and then I'd come after the game. Oh, you go before one. and after. Oh, absolutely. And I gotta say, yeah. as a native, and really not far from here, across the river, born in Millville, I've known about the place, but I've never been inside. It is act actually unbelievable. They got a apothecary museum of some sort. I could see the Vicks Vapo Rub from like 1910 with, over there. Well, the interesting thing about that, with the, the drugstore aspect of this place in those days, but uh, Dr. Clavon was my doctor as a child from uh, as far as I remember, until I was like 12 or 13 years old, and uh, his office was in Bloomfield. Dr. Clavon, who is their I guess the originator's the original, uh, yeah. grandfather, probably, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But he was a wonderful doctor and a great guy and a really nice guy. So and, it's kind of cool. I think his wife was behind the counter getting the ice cream. She was the one make, making those together. malts yeah, for me. Yes. Well, you're going to wow. meet uh, the owner is Jacob Hanchar. He'll join us uh, in a few minutes. But joining us now here at Clavon's, which sounds very anti-Yenzer. Most <laughs> Yenzers might say Don Clavins or Clavans. Rick Seaback, <laughs> the greatest documentarian ever of all time, WQED. We are all big fans, uh, Rick Seaback, because it was actually you where I first heard of this ice cream parlor, Clavon's. Well, I, I, I knew that we were coming to do this, so I, I just, you know, I thought, like, there's all these, you know, it's Pittsburgh and everything connects. Right. And... In 1996, I did the strip show, which was about the strip district. And at that point, and I realized I'd known Jimmy for six years because I think I met yeah. you and Scott Paulson when we did the bridges, uh, flying off the bridge to nowhere. We That's did a right. whole morning at the um, over at Station Square, yeah. uh -huh. and we had guy, you guys set up uh, two, a father and son who jumped off the Smithfield Street Bridge into the river. Yes. yes. It was a cold morning, too. We were yes. all in, in coats and everything. and It was great. So I'd known Jimmy for a while, and they used to have me on the show. And then when we started to do this, I knew Jim was from the strip. So I asked him if we could come down. And actually, uh, we walk into Woolies, and he talks <laughs> about you know, giving the fish a haircut and do all these things. And uh, he showed us where his house was and on... Uh, Penn Avenue Rear. Yes, yeah, and, great uh, memory. So if you look at the show now, it, it, it progresses from there saying, and this is, so it's 25 or 26 years ago, 1996. Wow. Um, at that point, no one lived in the Strip. Now people are moving to the right. Strip and living here. But great at that time. point, very few people lived in the Strip, although it had been 
a, you know, earlier a much popular, a very popular place to live. Mm -hmm. And we had several people who had grown up in the Strip. But then it pointed to Clavon's. But here's mm -hmm. what really happened was that day that we interviewed Jimmy and um, a Post-Gazette reporter, Mike Fuco, was with us that day because he wanted to follow us for a day. And we started at DeLuca's and then we went on and we got Jimmy and... Uh, we did a whole thing at Sam Box. Yes, we did. We talked yes. about oh, Sam God, Box. That's, so funny. Who's, that's not a man's name. It's, it means grocery store. <laughs> a, yeah, we have a funny story behind that, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the next, I think it was Monday, it was a holiday. I'm not sure. It was on October of 96. Jimmy and I were on the front page of the Post Gazette. Yes, it was amazing. And so uh, cool. it was about doing the strip show. And so it was just really nice, and the whole experience was really wonderful. But because of that article that appeared on the front page, Ray Clavon called me. And he said, I saw that you're doing this video on uh, the Strip District, and I know that you're going to want to see my father's pharmacy. And I said, you know what? We're done shooting. Mm. I think the, the day with Jimmy was our last day. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, he said, no, I'm telling you, you're going to want to see this. He said, it's been closed for a while. And I said, okay, well, I'll come down. I don't have a crew today. I'll come down and take a look. And I remember him opening the door here. This place was just full of lumber. And it was, it was you know, a storage space. But you could see all this stuff all around you. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, you're, you're right. It's too good a story. So I arranged to get an extra day of shooting just to come to Clavon's. <laughs> and... Uh, it was really wonderful, and uh, we had a little technical problem. So when you see it, Ray is actually in black and white. We set, we call it the little uh, Wizard of Oz effect. And when he opens the door, then it goes to color. <laughs> when you come in here, in the I'm going to say five to seven days between when I first stopped and when I came back, he had the lumber removed, so he can just walk around. It was just an abandoned pharmacy at that point, but he talks about how beautiful the 18 foot long. Oh, uh, you know, counter is with this rare marble that has blood red stains in it and the, the stools that are uh, designed after uh, Coca-Cola bottle caps. And he talks about the, the telephone booths. And there were, there were all these other things that he, you know, obviously loved and he had grown up with. And he talked, you know, about gathering pennies out of the scale. And, you know, it was, it was just a really wonderful thing. And then I'm going to say two or three years later, he announced that he was going to stop being a teacher and he was going to open this place as an ice cream parlor. So it, it was just really a, a, a remarkable thing. And then I think after I actually went to his funeral, I remember uh, up in, uh, I'm going to say it must be friendship. Um, uh, he was, uh, he has like eight brothers and sisters, Ray did. And uh, so, uh, but after he passed away, they decided to sell the place and Jacob bought it. And uh, hmm. he, I think, raised it up like several steps because Ray always got ice cream I want to say from um, a place on the north side like uh, Rhinelanders Reinhold Reinhold's okay. Reinhold's ice cream okay. and then uh, but then he started to bring some in from the creamery at Penn State and then he took the course and now they make all their own ice cream here so this is like a superb amazing ice cream store full disclosure we're enjoying some right now I want to thank Maya for making up a couple of Chocolate milkshakes. They make their own whipped yes. cream too. And you know, just mention Rick. Uh, 
how off the subject of how powerful of a filmmaker he is and how he touches people's hearts and become you you are i know you're a good friend and all that but a treasure to pittsburgh in, in a sense uh in many senses but uh my grandmother who was in her late 80s and lived in a strip district her whole life and she was uh, very very sick in millville when it, when it came out the strip show and she was really sick and it was the first time and i saw her just smiling for the entire show watching rick's show and that's Amazing, because that's, you know, where it, I it, that's what it's all about, right? You know, it's like she's just smiling the whole yeah. time. You touched her heart with her, where she, you know, lived her whole life. And We're if just you lucky wanted that to way. know about <laughs> Pittsburgh and you weren't from here, all you have to do is watch Rick's documentaries, and you will know everything you need to know about Pittsburgh, and you will love Pittsburgh. Even more. Even Sheely, you're right. Here. A lot of people do that in companies when they have people transfer. They give, here's Rick Seabeck's library. You'll pretty much get it. <laughs> As Robert De Niro would say, I, you got a gift. You, you, got a gift. you Yes. Thank you. We're lucky to have you. Really. Have we, and, and that's how I first heard of it was the strip show. Mm-hmm. Of course, when I first heard it was the strip show, I thought it was something else. But it turned out to be <laughs> that's, this. That's, that's, part B. that's a different that story, a different, Larry. <laughs> different story. But that's so funny because some people from outside the city hear you're going to the strip district. Yeah, At first, right? They think it's like some sort of Amsterdam district. red light thing. Yeah. Right. No, it's just, mm-hmm. the, just you know. But yeah. that's not a little the strip case. of area where yeah. Why is wholesale. it called the strip district? Because it's a strip. I'm guessing where all the produce would come from out of town, and it would be you. You know the answer. I'm just guessing. It's the strip. <laughs> Where all the produce came, I, okay. That's not it, is it? I, that, that's even. Like, I I don't think the strip becomes the produce center till about uh, 1900, when it's moved from uh, the point to the strip district. Um, I think it's more elemental than that. It's it's geographical. It's it's a flat strip of land, you know, between the hill and the river. It's just a st- flat strip of land, which. And, Pittsburghers know it's rare here. Right. But the, the funniest thing about this, just mind when you said the Sam Bach thing, and I grew up here my whole life. And the funny thing about the Sam Bach uh, thing is the, the, the wholesale Asian store down the street there. Um, Kenny Oldensky lived in a peanut store uh, across from Woolies. And he's one of the few families here, one of my lifelong friends. And uh, we laughed about it till today. But he thought there was a rumor that Sam. <laughs> Sam Bach was a person <laughs> that owned that. And Kenny would have stories he'd hear on the streets about Sam Bach, like running the city, like from the underground kind of thing. <laughs> and he'd tell me, Kenny would tell me, hey, Sam Bach at a meeting I heard above the Sam Bach's. There's all kind of cars I saw out there and stuff. And we would just, there's like great rumor. So Rick asked me on, on camera, you know, Sam Bach. I go, oh, do I know who Sam Bach is? And Kenny, because it means supermarket. It's not, it's not a person. I remember calling Kenny. Kenny was still stunned. What? Yeah, it's me, supermarket. Yep. So, how old is this place originally? As a pharmacy, dates back to what? The turn of the last century? No, early twenties, early nineteen twenties. Yeah. And Rick, it's just do me a favor because you're so descriptive. You're so good at describing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a podcast for those who are just listening and not watching. Describe what you see when you walk in because this is like taking a step back in time. It's mm-hmm. phenomenal. It is. I mean, well, I, it's, it's what I, I like to say. There are places that you can go that are like little time machines and this right. is one of them. Um, so much is untouched. The, the booths um, and it's wooden. And I think it's dark wood, and that gives you a really warm, wonderful feeling. 
and then this marble counter and some of the old cases and everything. It's really amazing. It was like a time where people took time to do things. Like it took time to make this, took time as a kid. Everything's so fast now. Everything had a little ritual to it. Even, even I remember like the cola, even the soft drinks were made. They would make, put the syrup in this club soda and they made them from the fountain. Like everything was just di different. It was cool. It was really cool. And what I like is, and we're going to talk to the owner, Jacob, in just a minute, is the fact that he obviously felt a passion. This isn't just... I wouldn't imagine a way for him to make money. He had to be passionate about it to maintain and then, as you said, even upgrade and uplift Clavons. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's, it's an even better place now. Um, you know, uh, all respect to Ray, but mm -hmm. th this guy's making his own ice cream, and that, I think, is always a real uh, you know, indication of a spectacular ice cream place. So, I mean, 28th and Penn in the Strip District. If you haven't been, it's also... Uh, a big month, National Ice Cream for Breakfast Day, which is the first Saturday of February. So if you missed that, it's okay to have ice cream for breakfast anytime. It's right? what we're great doing idea. right now. It's a great idea. we're taping this in the morning. Yeah, we should do this all the time. So ice cream for what breakfast is, is a wonderful <laughs> idea. About ice cream that transports you. It, it really does. Mm -hmm. I remember Isley's. When I'd go, my grandfather would give us the money to go get a, a skyscraper <laughs> cone. Yeah. That was such a big deal. What is it about ice cream, Rick? Oh, I mean, I, it's, it's, you know, it's sweet, it's smooth, it's, you know, it's your childhood. It's, it's a thousand things. Mm. I mean, uh, I did a show for PBS even before we did the strip show called an ice cream show. Yep. And, uh, you know, I said it just may be the most perfect food on earth. I agree. Uh, you know, it... Mm. Uh, it transcends categories. If you had to choose just, one, if you had to choose one, good. one thing, a malt, a sundae, a banana split, a cone, what would Rick Seaback choose if it was one flavor in, in style of ice cream? What would you, if you had to do one, said, Rick, this is the one you have to choose. Oh, that's a tough one. I know, look but at, I want to know. What would Rick Seaback like, choose? Know. What flavor? Know. I hate superlative questions. Oh, I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> I hate superlative questions. I, like putting you on, I just like putting you on the spot because you know, I know um, you. Okay, but I know the answer to that. It's vanilla malt. Vanilla ah. malt. Vanilla malt. Yeah, Vanilla I know. Malt. If, if you know, if it, even with a lot of choices, I, I I tend that way. I know from doing the ice cream show that among ice cream aficionados, when they go to a new place, the thing you want to taste is the vanilla. It's like the standard, right? Right, because that's what you judge the place on is how good is their. That vanilla. sets the bar. Right. That sets and, the and, bar. And actually, in that show, we start at Bassett's in Philadelphia, Bassett's Ice Cream Parlor. Right which was the first place that put the specks of vanilla bean in the vanilla. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, we all think of it as another place, right? <laughs> also from Philadelphia. So you can know they may have gotten the idea somewhere else. <laughs> well, we're going to talk to the owner, Larry Richard Unfiltered, with Jim Kren, Sheila Hyland, special guest, Rick Seaback, the great documentarian, storyteller. And we're at Clavon's. 28th and Penn in the Strip District. Go to Odyssey. That's a free app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Or you can log on to kdkradio.com for access to all of our podcasts. Larry Richard with Jim Kren, Sheila Highland, Episode 18. Excited to be at Clavon's 28th and Penn in the Strip District with the legendary documentarian Rick Seaback and... Through the magic of technology, we have the owner, Jacob Hanchar, with us. Uh, Jacob, first, thank you for your hospitality. Even though you're not physically with us here, this is one of the coolest places 
I can imagine anybody going in our city. So thanks. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks for coming by. And, uh, and, and I am there in spirit. <laughs> well, Rick told us some of the history behind this. And what year was it that you decided that you wanted to jump in to an ice cream parlor business? Uh, well, so the previous owner, um, Ray Clavon uh, Jr., he passed away in January uh, 2013, and then the family decided to sell it in uh, May of that year. And we really wanted to make certain that we preserve the history. So my wife and I uh, had gone there many times with our children and thought, you know what? Uh, we want to preserve this institution and keep it as an ice cream shop, and the rest is history, as they say. You know, the thing is, though, Rick, and Rick mentioned also, you kind of up the game. I mean, it's a great ice cream uh, shop, as you know, and I grew up here in a strip, but you kind of up the game in, in a sense uh, as far as bringing your own ice cream flavor, I, I believe, it's, which we're having right now. And by the way, it's spectacular, whatever this is, the comp how you made it. It's amazing. It's kind of cool. Well, yeah, yeah, so uh, Maya definitely deserves credit for that. So Maya and I, yes, we, we were carrying Penn State ice cream. I'm a Penn State alum. And then we thought, you know what, let's start making our own ice cream. So we took the Penn State course in 2015, and we've been making our own ice cream ever since. So uh, hats off to Maya. She's the keeper of the recipes. Um, I, uh, you know. I just come around and pester people every so often with like crazy flavor ideas. You're right, so, Maya makes. Uh, she's she's the lead chef. She's like sure. a, she's right. She's like an artist that came out like little work, little yeah, works of she, art. And she brought us out. Um, yes. Larry and Rick have a couple of shakes, and um, Jimmy and I have sundays. I don't even know what was in mine. There, obviously, there was some chocolate and whipped cream. But honest to God, this is one of the best sundays i've ever had and i'm an ice cream aficionado i mean i ate it almost every single day for most of my life i just love ice cream that much and well, this is phenomenal consistency yes we talked we're, about the consistency yeah it's, it's it. not too it's not too soft it's not too hard it's just like right in between perfect yes so kudos to you for making this oh, ice cream you. And keep in mind this is coming from a woman whose grandfather saw marilyn monroe naked <laughs> But that's a story for another That's time. another podcast. It's actually a fascinating yeah, like story. <laughs> he was a dry cleaner, and he had to take her the dress, and she answered the door. But, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Rick. I don't want to. No, no. I, I, I would just like to say <clears throat> thank you, especially to Jacob, because uh, it was three years ago I fell, and I ruptured my quadricep tendon, and I was in McGee Hospital for seven weeks. Oh, my God. And I used to like to wheel myself in the wheelchair <laughs> down onto what I called the front porch of McGee. And I was sitting down there one day, and Jacob came up with two incredible banana splits to oh, give to man. me. Oh, man. There you go. And it was just, it was <laughs> stupendous, like, because you, you know... Unexpected banana splits is like one of life's great pleasures. It makes you sm ice cream makes you smile. It was incredible. And a I kind mean, friend. <laughs> and uh, I put one of them in the freezer <laughs> up, in the, up on my floor. Um, but you know, well, you actually, so how nice. talented Jacob is, Rick Seaback. He turned an unfortunate circumstance into another show, and people loved it because it was it was about what people were bringing them to eat, including Lebon's ice cream. 
Exactly. And Rachel, he did a great um, job in series and supporting Clavon. So it's my pleasure to uh, to um, su- supply him with banana splits during his, <laughs> his time of need. <laughs> tell Jacob, tell us more about why you wanted to take over Clavon's and and why it was important you to keep it the way that it has always been for the last 100 years. Uh, so there just aren't very many places left like uh, Clavon's, right? And the place where the banana split was invented, now that we're talking about banana split, was in Latrobe. Uh, Latrobe is actually where it was in a pharmacy very similar to Clavon's, but the only thing that remains of it to, to to this date is a, a blue placard that you see with Pennsylvania history, right? And I just, I just look at that and go, ah, you know, it, 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 we, we, so much of our history has been erased just through development or just this idea of like, you know, the old needs to be dispatched and uh, we need to pursue the, this uh, almighty margin and make our shareholders happy and just with very little regard to honoring the people who built this country. And it's just a philosophical thing right. of mine just in the back of my head. So I wanted to rescue Clavon's for a number of reasons, but the primary reason in, 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 in preserving the heritage of the United States that people used to live above where they were. They would they would have their apartment and they'd walk down and they would tend the shop. And tending the shop, like my great-grandfather uh, emigrated from Ukraine, got on his belly, a person held onto his shoe while he scraped the outcroppings of coal, right? So you talk about a dirty, dangerous job. And being a shopkeeper would have been his dream, right? The idea that I would own a shop that is great grandson would own a shop is would blow his mind and it's that it's that concept that we need to appreciate things that have been built and keep them for future generations to admire and there's so few gems like that left in the united states in general i was more than happy to add this to the collection of like yeah i mean people have high-end cars people have really expensive hobbies you know maybe they go to the bermuda or something like that well this this i'm more than happy to set aside uh the hard-earned cash I, I we we saved and, and collected over the years. My wife and I are savings to keep this, so that the public can enjoy it, but we also can enjoy it and preserve it as well. I'm cool. curious, Saul Markowitz, who I've known for many many years. You you too, Jim, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Good great marketing great genius. His son Brandon Max, who's this TikTok sensation. So you're hitting a whole new generation. I understand Brandon Max has his own special dish and that's it that's it they just set it in front of us that looks yep. beautiful that's amazing you're yeah. not seeing it jacob but we are oh my god what a work of art there rick i don't know oh i've seen i've seen it tell, <laughs> tell us tell us what's in it i that's think called, there's what it, it would take all and... four of us to eat it right now i'm taking a cholesterol just looking at it mm. cholesterol pill that's Love it. amazing it's, it's beautiful it's not to think about it just don't think about it it's it doesn't it, happen it's if you a don't think sugar about high. It, mind over matter if you don't mind it doesn't matter right? <laughs> you're right it is yeah it looks amazing i think a lot of people no matter how disciplined they are when it comes to ice cream and we were just talking about what is it ice cream that immediately transports you back to your childhood it's that one of the great best feel-good dishes you could ever imagine. I'm sure you feel that way. 
yeah there's there's a sense of being a sense of being full or richness um they uh there's this concept that's um an ancient tradition right whenever people would would drink and uh party there's the feeling in 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 many languages and in latin it's it's essentially a full like satiated like it, it actually means like satisfied or or happy mm. that you've been filled with joy and that's that's sort of what i think of when i think of ice cream you you've been you've been uh, full and you know of course with the calories contribute to that sense <laughs> of well-being of course something else jacob too that uh, brings a smile to people's face is what you did at Clavon's before anybody else did, and that has to do with uh, the minimum wage that you were offering employees initially, and then you decided to change things up and, uh, and raise the stakes. Tell us about that and why and how you were one of the first to do that. Yeah, so we usually start hiring right about this time. We started looking to uh, expand our staff and getting ready for the summer because the majority of money, I think like 70% of our revenue is generated between Memorial Day and Labor Day. I mean, that is practically, um, that's it. You got to capture those days. And I would say about 90% of our revenue happens between St. Patrick's Day and uh Halloween. So that's all that all goes to say, like, look, you need to have as many people on hand as possible. And we found that there was no one. We just couldn't find anybody. And I always thought, you know, the minimum wage we were offering plus tips because people are getting tipped very generously. You know, when they when they come to our shop, when people come to our shop in general, they're in a good mood and they really want to, um, you know, they really want to have a good time. So uh, they, they tip generously and things like that, but even so, uh, uh, we weren't we weren't being very clear in our messaging. We weren't being very clear uh, with our values and, and and the standards we have. So I just said, heck, to heck with it. Uh, we're not getting. We got zero applications. I mean, zero. And then, of course, then as soon as we started applying. Uh, or put on our application, like, look, $15 an hour. Then we had literally hundreds of applications flood in. I think it, the, the toll was about 1,500 applications uh, came in or even more than that. And it was just a simple, to me, it was a simple uh, common sense idea that, you know, if you increase your wage, you're going to find more people and you'll find better qualified people and uh, your company will thrive and do better and people are willing to visit an establishment that uh, is paying their people well and treating their people well which we always were before, uh, but this, this just kind of took it up another notch. So, yeah, and, and so something of common sense, but I guess anymore, right? We're not, common sense isn't so common, and it just turned into an international, or at least, yeah, international, because was, it was on the, the Daily News over in the UK, so I can say international sensation. So, you know, it took off, and we now were the first movers, the first adopters, whatever jargon you want to use, uh, with the minimum wage and taking things to the, to the next level. And again, appreciating things and appreciating people and again preserving things not just for making money at all costs or squeezing margins or trying to get every ounce of blood that you can out of a company but really paying homage to things that do matter like someone's someone's way of life and the american uh, tradition of having a living wage and things like that and what that, this shop represents it's pretty incredible and again we're very grateful I'm sure people have come and told you stories like 
Jim's a native long before you owned it about, oh, yeah, we used to come here. Anything come to mind? It, it was, uh, like I said, uh, off the air, I, I think I mentioned uh, I come here as a, for Little League games. And I may have mentioned on here earlier, but I, I did my Sunday, and uh, I, I made the All-Star team because of that. And, I, and it was like juicing in those days. Because I, of that? Yeah, that was t- I was tested for ice cream. It was tested positive. But they let me in. They let my record stand. Left fielder for, you know, Polish Hill Tigers. And, I think uh, you're in the Polish Hill Tigers Hall of Fame. I was in, um, in the Ring of Honor yeah. in Polish Hill, yeah. West Penn Field. If you go to West Penn Field, you'll see the Ring of Honor. I'm in there. Uh, me and Ray Ray Halbeck and, you know, uh, Kenny Oldensky rolling there. It, it was big. I was, yeah, I hit a, hit, hit a couple home runs because of my Sunday. It's a little bit of sugar rush. You should really have your photo here up on the wall I, as a result I, of all what that. What an honor. That would be with yeah. ice cream. Yes. Anything come to it. your mind, Jacob, that somebody has told you that you thought was pretty incredible? Uh, so it's so an experience I have uh, that I, I remember distinctly is going with my grandfather to the local dairy. And this is whenever you didn't have to worry about pasteurization or anything like that. Uh, we went straight to the, the farm and got the milk right from the source. So the heavy cream was on top just from the cows that were milked that morning. And that's oh, it has always been an incredible experience. Um, and I remember that. And so whenever we're making the ice cream, it's, it's very reminiscent of that experience. I got to ask, what's your favorite flavor or your favorite concoction, Jacob? Okay, so there's a concoction I'll make at home with our own flavors, and it's, it's kind of bizarre. And then there's, there's what we make at the shop that I like. So what I like at the shop is our cookie, uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. Like, I think we do a better job at that than anyone else. And that's my personal favorite flavor. What mm. I make at home is I'll take our vanilla ice cream and I'll take uh, Nestle Tool House chocolate chips. I'll melt it with some peanut butter, some Jif peanut butter and in the microwave. And then I'll put the vanilla ice cream on top of that and then kind of mix it together. And it ends up being like this bizarre Buckeye, uh, like an ice cream Buckeye. Mm-hmm. And that is like one of my favorite things that I, one of my favorite comfort foods dessert wise. Mm. Uh, and uh, this my kids love it too, so I end up having to make it for the whole family. Uh, so you're like, you're like a ma- yeah, you're that's, that's a little concoction I do, uh, you know, at, at home. You're like a mad scientist. Well, that's kind of cool, man. It's all I write jokes in the middle of the night. It'll hit you. Are you like that, where something will hit you, an idea, an angle, how to make something new, a new flavor, a new ice cream? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, just like smashing up. Um, uh, another another thing I like to do is take. Um, let's say birthday cake and smash it up huh. and then add that to our flavors as well. And but that's oh, something you see kids do. Like I get a lot of inspiration when I, you know, with the, like you were mentioning the child and all of us, I get inspiration from just watching my kids and they come up with something. They're taking the chocolate and dipping it in something I'm like, oh, you know what? We need to do that. And of <laughs> course it's popular because it, it, it brings something out in all of us, as, as you mentioned. Jacob Hanchar, the owner of Clavon's 28th and Penn in the Strip District. Again, thank you for letting us play today and, more importantly, letting us sample. Maya's uh, done a great job. So, continued success. We appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Have a good day, guys. Thanks, Jake. Thank you. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn, Sheila Highland, and our very special guest, Mr. Rick Seaback. We have a little surprise for Rick in just a moment and we're going to meet maya the artist yeah next 
Larry Richard with Jim Crenn, Sheila Highland, unfiltered, and we're at Clavon's 28th and Penn in the Strip District. Our very special guest is Rick Seaback, the great documentarian, who is how I first discovered this place when he did a show in 1996 <laughs> about the Strip District. And uh, for being a native, I, I'm ashamed to say I was never inside the place before. And Jimmy, you're from here? in the strip and you knew about this place as a kid absolutely it's a you know place that, that legendary for us you know mm -hmm. loved we, it we talked to the owner jacob hanchar and now maya and jacob says you're a critical team component of uh Clavon. so thank you for making us an array of goodies here this morning you're very welcome and I'm just curious, you know Rick Seaback's work, don't you? Yes, you I do. You know that voice. Yes. You know his stories. Now, Jimmy Crenn and I and our producer, Dick Roberts, and the great political cartoonist, Rob Rogers, created Yenzer Cards. And I'm proud to say we're nearing 60,000 cards sold. And you want to know the number one? Who's on the cover of this? Oh, Rick Seaback. Rick Seaback is on our Yinzer cards. Cool. Another year gone by Yinzer, part of Pittsburgh history. Soon you might be featured on a public TV mystery. Happy birthday. Jimmy, in your best body, Yinzer voice, read the rest there. Body parts, body parts don't work anymore. <laughs> this is a great yeah. card, That's by cute. the way. So... Uh, we're among very high cele celebrity status. Would you be embarrassed, though, if I said you've never looked better? No. No, seriously, Rick, I've known you for a long time. Jimmy, you've known him for 25 years, oh, yeah. maybe more. Yeah, going a long, long but time. But Rick Great friend. lost weight. And can I say how much? Sure, I don't know. 120 pounds. Wow. That's so awesome. let's hear it for Rick Seaback. That's phenomenal. Yeah, Rick. It no, is. no. It's inspiring. No, I'm, that's awesome. It inspires it people. Awesome. Well, you push back a lot of type 2 diabetes, all the things you push back with it. So it's for health and you look great. Well, but, but, but I say, you know, like we had, to, we had to write down, we had to write down everything. We had to write down calories and fat grams and all of that. But I said, I, I always wanted the third column for joy of life. Yes. Like ice cream. Because, <laughs> yes, exactly. Because sometimes... You can't. In fact, the last time I was here was with a reporter girl, and we you made us incredible Sundays. Yeah. And I said, you know, I'm on this big diet, but I don't care. You have to eat this. You got to let it go. No, but you kudos know. to you. That's an inspiration, Rick, for anyone that uh, wants to learn more about how you did it. Where would you send them? Well, I, I've done it through UPMC's uh, Sustain DPP program, they call it, the uh, right. Diabetes Prevention Program. That's I, cool. I would recommend maybe they not head to Clavon's, except <laughs> other than uh, occasionally. occasionally. Happiness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is your happy place. And, this and is you, the happy place. Maya, you find that that's true. People come here, as Jacob told us, they're generally very pleased to be here. You make yeah. people happy. Yeah, they come here. They come here to splurge. Yes, oh, exactly. Yeah. It's a joy of life. And we have very, very little diet stuff here. <laughs> well, you, you know, I, 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 I noticed when you brought these out, it's like works, little works of art. I took like photos of, of these. Uh, 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 is that what you're thinking back there when you're making it? The, the make it like a little work of art? Yes. The visual side yes. of it? Is Everybody that going through your mind? works back there when they're creating whatever it is, a Sunday milkshake, they want to put a little extra um, sprinkle of wonderful on it right love. to get it to look i love it is a sprinkle of wonderful yeah. Yeah. so how did you get involved 
in Clavon's and making ice cream? Um, I applied to Clavon's Ice Cream Parlor in 2013 and got hired on. Um, the very first year, we were bringing Penn State ice cream straight down from Penn State, mm -hmm. and Jacob introduced the fact that we would start making the ice cream, which was very exciting to me mm -hmm. to learn a skill like that. Um, I went up to Penn State. It was wonderful. I loved it. Um, I learned a lot in the class. Um, it was a week-long class, and... Um, they crammed in a lot of information that I still know till this very day. Huh. No, no. You, okay. you know who else took the Penn State course? You? You? No? No? Who? Ben and Jerry. Ben and Jerry. Oh, really? Oh, I yeah. oh yes. I, did I didn't know, know that. that. What? You know that? Yes. Isn't yeah. that cool? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow. Penn State has this great reputation of, among so many other things, but obviously in the heart of our state, in the agricultural part yeah. of what they do naturally dairy so let's take us through the process how long does it take to make ice cream from scratch um it does it takes a uh, i do it every tuesday and some in the winter i mean i'm sorry in the summertime twice a week so um it does take a long day you have to do it all in one day um it takes about the first batch is the longest because it the the machine has to cool down and get very cold and then, um, so I would say about maybe 15 minutes, um, a batch or something so yeah. like that. Downstairs? Yeah. You do everything downstairs? Everything That's downstairs. Cool. Oh, I have to know, what's the number one bestseller? I would say our vanilla and our cookie dough and our cookies and cream, those three. And, and the interesting thing, you, you guys make your own whipped cream flavored yes, also. And we do. Because I remember it was in one time. And they had like kiwi flavors. You have all these wild flavors. Yeah. Like, what's the wildest flavor you ever can we could? That's this is gonna be crazy. Or, or, um, the the one that always stood out to me was yeah. our cookies and cream. Whipped cream. And then we also make a whipped cream with espresso. We we do espresso oh, okay. whipped cream. That's, That's an good. interesting. Yeah. Are you a work. Pittsburgh native? Yes, I am. So, when did you discover Clabon's? Before you saw an ad to work here in 2013? I remember when Clavon's was still boarded up. Okay. Like me, I went to Schiller um, Classical Academy yeah. here in the Strip District when it was here. Yeah. And I used to walk past this place because I lived right up on the Hill District. Okay. So that was my first memory of Clavon's when it was still boarded up. It was reopened in 1999. So mm -hmm. I was going to say it was closed for about 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, and right. You know, just nothing. There were, there were things untouched. Yeah. They just like walked out and locked the door. And so. I know there had been talk in the past about um, franchising Clavons, but the talk had always been that they could never duplicate this because it is the way it was 100 years ago. Correct. But now that's changed. You're actually going to Cleveland now, yeah, right? You'll gonna, be opening uh, in Cleveland. We're going to duplicate this, and it's going to be another Clavons in Cleveland. Cool. Wow. When is that joy. happening? Um, it's already in the works now, so they're getting everything together now. Okay. Um, they're starting the process, and we're starting our meetings, um, discussing the whole process. Outside of Jim Crenn, Rick Seaback, Sheila Hyland, who are the most famous people that have ever come here <laughs> to get ice cream? Anybody stick out in your mind? Yes. Um, the day Juju came in the door. Okay. Oh. Oh. Juju Smith-Schuster. Yes, yes. yes. Um, He's like a big kid. <laughs> He's just loving life. Yeah. Was he signing autographs while he was here? 
Uh, no. Or he, getting asked he, anyway. He, it was a lot of people in here, so he was trying to keep a low profile. Okay. And um, my daughter actually works here, so when she looked up at him, she took his order and made everything and rang him up. And when she looked at him, she said, aren't you a stealer? <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yes. Yeah. So he did sign us an autograph. He was really, really cool. That is cool. I actually remember um, Ray Clavon had a, uh, a book near the front door that he got oh. people to sign. And I remember him telling me how excited he was. Saul Bellow, the Nobel Prize winning author, wow. stopped through. His family was driving like from New York to Chicago or something. <laughs> and they stopped here at Clavon's. And Saul Bellow had signed the book. I remember at his funeral asking, does anybody know where the book is? And they didn't. They didn't know? Wow. That's yeah. funny. That's maybe one of those things lost. But, <laughs> That's know. pretty cool. Anybody else come to mind? Um, yes. A um, couple other stillers stopping here a okay. lot. That's because yeah. Juju told them, hey, I found a spot. <laughs> Spread the word. What about, uh, is it Jason Momoa? Because I know he was living here in the Strip District while he was filming a movie. Aquaman. In Pittsburgh. Yeah. Did did he stop in? I think he did, but I wasn't here that uh, day. I was going to say, because he can't really go incognito. No, right? he has right. that long, flowing hair, big dude. Yes, mm -hmm. I know who he is. Oh. I was here. I, I was here. <laughs> <laughs> so you're moving to Cleveland with another location. This is pretty exciting. And if you haven't been... You're invited to Clavon's 28th and Penn in the Strip. And what are your winter hours? And can you book this place for a private party? I'm just asking. Yes, you can. Our winter hours are um, actually, we are closed Monday and Tuesdays in the wintertime. Um, and then we're open from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. every single day from, from then on. And you can book parties. A lot of people book birthday parties. They do bridal showers here. We've actually, in the summertime, had a wonderful um, engagement where she didn't know. So when she stepped in, I wow. mean, it was beautiful. Her, all her family was here, and he got down on his knee. And I started crying because I've never seen something so beautiful. So people really turn this place in um, to what they want to make it when they book parties. Um, we've seen uh, a Grinch party here. We've seen a Mickey Mouse party here. I mean, they really decorate it, and, and the nostalgia that it has in here, just it really looks really nice when they do it. I just realized, I mean, we, we keep saying this, but literally the, the pharmacy really opened in the early 1920s, so you are almost at the 100-year mark. Yes, we mm -hmm. are. Wow. I don't think it's, in 1923, as I think what I read, mm -hmm. that would be next, next year. year. You can have a big party. We, we you better. Will. It's That's be awesome. We may have to come back. Can it's we get on that list? list. <laughs> yeah. They're going to turn the prices back. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Hey, I wanted to mention because you you set this the Brandon Max Sunday in front of us. Yeah. Um, Brandon, of course, big TikToker now. Tell us what's in it, and also, if people order this, a portion of the proceeds, I understand, goes to charity yeah it does. It, it, so can you tell us a little bit more about the brandon max okay well it is a warm brownie with uh three large scoops of uh, chocolate ice cream mm. um it's sprinkled with m&ms and uh topped with a lot of oreos hot fudge and chocolate whipped cream and you got your cherries on there so when like we bring it around to the to our guests and sit it on the table they can't believe how big it is <laughs> you have to have three to five spoons to eat it 
Definitely well, shareable. Yeah. We can't thank you enough for your thank hospitality. You, Such a cool little piece of Pittsburgh. I, I guess we're going to share some with Cleveland. I guess that's okay. That's our peace offering to Cleveland. <laughs> Is Clavon's uh, Maya? Thank you and continued success. Thank you, thank you, Maya. Thank you, thank so you Maya. Much. You have one of those rare jobs that make people happy. They're yes. happy to see you every day. We can't thank Rick Seaback. And uh, thank what's you. your You're next big buddy. thing? Who knows? That's You're a, still working. Like you that. did the Nebby series. You never know. So many great documentaries. Hey, how about something about this 120-pound weight loss? Oh no. Too, no. too personal. <laughs> but phenomenal. It'll be something fun, though. It'll be something fun. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of things we're talking about. Um, I'm really happy, too. QED's, you know, putting a lot of my older stuff on Passport, which is the PBS streaming uh, service. And so we're going to continue that for many months now because uh, I'm, I'll be 35 years at QED this year. I, I, drive, I drive Rick crazy through the years so 30 years knowing him oh when, no here we whenever go. Here he we has go. when he has like a, a he'll go, i'll go what are you doing i go i don't know yet and i will leave him like all kind of suggestions the worst I, he and he amuses me you know like hey rick how about spooky houses around here or something He's like no i'm not gonna do it. like you know so so you're gonna get like a dozen ideas sorry rick because you until you get here's rick seaback rolling his eyes I try again. everything Rick, well, I mean, this made me realize it's 25 years since we did the strip show. It's hard to believe. You know, I know, right? As you get ready to turn 100, it's in the numbers, Maya. <laughs> Thanks again. We want to thank, thank our producer, Dick Roberts. Where is he over there? Pete Saul Nicer. Markowitz, his son, Brandon Max, TikTok sensation. He even featured us on one. I think yeah. we had two or three views on that one. It was very <laughs> made exciting. Us TikTok famous. And Rick Dolnak, famous actor who graces us to hang out. And Jim Petolsky, who's our audio engineer and technical producer. Jim, thank you. Let's hear it for Jim, who yeah, is Jim. the only human being in here that held off from eating any desserts or ice cream until after we're done. Until you watch and see. <laughs> until next time, we appreciate it. Download the free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or go to kdkradio.com. Jim Kren, Sheila Hyland, Larry Richard Unfiltered, episode... 18 is in the books. That's a wrap.